Hello and welcome to Coffee and Wrestling, a wrestling podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mark. Hey there, I'm Jamie. You sound so much more bubblier than me. I'm like, I'm Mark. See, I said I had the intro, but Mark said he had the intro, and we, we just we're had, just going to go with it. The entire time <laughs> the music plays, we both stare at each other, and the worst, like, who's, who's doing it? Are you doing it? I'm doing it. So we have like 15 seconds of us just still trying to plan this podcast as we're hitting the record button. But welcome to the new, a new episode, second episode of the week. I don't know, it's a new week. This is technically our episode that was supposed to be posted yesterday, but we can't stay up until two o'clock in the morning recording a podcast. No, I got to get up Sorry. Work super early in the morning. So this is our AEW Revolution review. I mean, it's yeah, it's over. It's as of right now. I think Raw is on right now. We should be watching it, but we'll yeah. have to catch up with tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we're gonna just gonna break down uh, AEW Revolution, all the matches, all the championships that changed hands and. We won't be going up one for one, but we'll be going over quite a bit of it, though. A lot to cover. A lot to cover. Not quite as much. I, I don't know. I felt like this particular pay-per-view went by super quickly. I feel like it did, too. I feel like, for some reason, the uh, leading up to it, I, all day I was just like, all right, it's going to be 7 o'clock, pre-show starts, 7 o'clock, pre-show. It felt like it took forever to get to 7 o'clock. Right. Which was kind of good. I got a lot of stuff done that day. But um, it was... It, when it finally hit seven and the pre-show started and I was like, okay, there's only one match. We'll get probably like 20, 25 minutes and everything else is filler. It, it, it just escalated from there. The pre-show yeah, felt like really an quickly. hour, but then once eight o'clock hit and they, and it was bell time, like, man, it was, and they didn't stop. There was no, like, there was no. like a 30 second promo in between matches and they're like, all right, right your next, next match. One. Even when uh, the initial match started in the pre-show, it just it went from there, and there wasn't. It seemed like there wasn't a lot afterwards. It was a, just yeah, very, very, the, sl- a very, very quick delay. Yep. I, I honestly, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, Twitter's so hard to follow. Sometimes people just say tweet. horrible things about things, but we do, a, a we, lot of people didn't like the pre-show, and I personally did. I thought it was kind of cool. They did more of like a live WWE esque pre-show to where we were getting. You know, interviews. Well, I mean, and we that's had not Renee outside Paquette of the realm of AEW. They they normally no, do that. no, but usually it's just all matches. Yeah. Usually the pre-show is all. Oh, matches. you're talking about okay, like the filler in between. Yeah, the, kind of, the conversations. I, I RJ City's a little it because awkward. we had we un- unfortunately Jade Koth came over at like right at bell time, so we didn't get really get any of the uh, the pre-match. Um, but for somebody like that, not who's that not, unfortunately he came. Just no, no, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, um, let me back that up. Well, it depends <laughs> on who you ask. No, I'm kidding. Um, but. For somebody who like who's like that that doesn't get to watch it a weekly every single day or every you know both Dynamite and Rampage, it would be good because you can sit down and kind of see like okay, here's the card. I, I know what wrestling is. I know that there's a, a a a slew of matches. This at least gives you a little bit of meat and potatoes to the matches. So even if you miss something or you have absolutely no idea what you're even getting into, that kind of preps you for it. So it kind of gives you like, oh, okay, that guy's mad at that guy because exactly. he kicked his girlfriend in the in the ass or something. Yeah, you know? because it again- gives you a bit of, like a bit of context of what you're about to right. watch. Right, because like you said, again, uh, it just went so quick. So there wasn't a lot of anything in between. There wasn't promos in between. There wasn't backstage in between. It was just to the next match. So if you didn't- Plus watch... it's free. Blow it out your ass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just meant like the whole pay-per-view in general. Oh, <laughs> no, I but... know. You know, the uh, pre-show just kind of set it up to make it a little bit easier to di- to digest and understand what the ideas were. Right. The videos were really good. I thought it was great. Well, the video um, packages were great. I mean, they, you yeah. know, they, I don't know who does AEW's like social media and like all these like video packages and, and photos and stuff, but they do an amazing job. Like WWE, really WWE is really good with their stuff, but I feel like AEW is just a little bit over 
than what WWE does. It yeah, feels like it's they like do unique. a lot more, a lot more effort into it. They put a lot more effort to it. They really think, you know, like they did the whole like dragon with the MJF Brian Danielson match that we talked about this on the last podcast. They did one with um, John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page, right? Where they have these really cool pictures that they post on social media, just kind of get you excited. They're really entertaining. Um, but aside from all of the glitz and glamour of setting up the actual pay-per-view i think uh we pay respects of course to the opening pre-show match which was great match. very fun and a great way to start off but great to see the lucha brothers back good to see course. mark briscoe in action all time and I, of course the varsity athletes and ari davari they've become kind of a personal favorite of mine um great team great pre-show opener but yeah let's get into the the aew revolution pay-per-view all right so as we get into this we uh a couple days ago posted our predictions for for the pay-per-view um both of us did fairly good. Uh, you got six out of nine. I got eight out of nine. The okay. only one I got incorrect was, um, oh God, I don't remember which one it was. Oh, the Samoa Joe and Wardlow. You and I both got that one wrong. We okay. had Samoa Joe pegged and uh, nobody pegged Samoa Joe. Uh, and then Wardlow That's ended up. That's probably a good idea. <laughs> Wardlow <laughs> ended up getting the win. Um, so you and I did, pre- did, pre- did pretty good. I mean, I, yeah. I feel like it was. Well, number one, let's go over. How did you feel about the pay-per-view overall? I honestly absolutely loved it. I know you were a little bit tired. And I kept looking over at you, but honestly. I was a tired boy. Yes, understandable. I'd worked all weekend boy. in the sun. I am Larry the Lobster Red, by the way. But mm-hmm. um, I honestly loved it. I, I have absolutely no complaints. It was one of, if not my favorite, AEW pay-per-view. Okay. I, th- I think it stands up there with Forbidden Door for me. It just as one of beginning to end super entertaining i I have to no downfalls there was matches that weren't as good as the others right but i mean that's nobody else's fault i i have to agree i feel like this was definitely a a grand slam for AEW. no pun intended it was great the grand grand slam but i really think they did every match delivered the entire night even the pre-show match was a great way to start get the crowd warmed up um didn't have the biggest stars uh, in AEW, but I feel like it was a great number one introduction to people that are going to be more current in ROH. Uh, but like I said, it was a great like way to start the show, and then I think the rest of the show, like, everything popped off as well as it did. There was no big major issues. There was no you know sparklers instead of explosions. Yeah, they, right. I think there were the no only... huge botches. There were no parts that you were like, oh my god, somebody got super hurt. Yeah, I think the only thing there was, really was well. MJF when he went to hand the title to Bryce. In the beginning of the the main event, he like kind of fumbled it. Like, I mean, it it is what it is. We're all human, you know. Your hands, they, you have stroke hand every once in a while, and you drop things. Like, sure. it is what it is. Um, if you don't know what stroke hand is, I'm sorry. One person will understand what that sure. is. Um, but yeah, no, I I really enjoyed the pay per view. I think they they everybody delivered. Tony Khan, I I I don't understand the so much hate that he gets. Yeah, he's a little bit of an excitable individual mm-hmm. that is. Very passionate about his his it does wrestling toys to that. that are full fledged human beings, right? Um, but I think he's doing a decent job. He, he is he's and hiring consist- people that are helping to make the show better. He's he's doing a good enough job that there's uh, news wrestling news outlets that are micro watching the numbers. So when it dips down a little bit, like it did on Rampage this week, below the the key dynamic or a key demographic for like the past year, and it. They micro they'll they'll point that out. That's that's how good of a job he's doing. Is somebody is out there trying to find any exactly. chink in the armor to be like, exactly. oh well, they didn't get three hundred thousand extra people last uh-huh. Friday. And, and I don't hear that about Impact. No, you know, no offense. No, no. But you don't if hear you look about the numbers. For, if you look at the numbers for Impact, they are dwarfed. 
by AEW. Like, yeah. and it's not again. That isn't even it's me a great talking promotion shit. too. I, I am the twenty year uh, watching of Impact Wrestling. You know, but it is what it is. Numbers are numbers. Like, it, you're gonna have good days and bad days. So it, I think they did a great job with this pay per view. I love people it. are gonna be critical about it. They're but I think and somebody somebody brought this up on Twitter and I didn't realize it until the end of the pay per view. They put over almost every AEW homegrown talent. Yes, and that was definitely one of the main points I'd like to talk about for sure is that there was a lot of veterans and mm-hmm. WWE talent veterans that did. This This entire pay-per-view was just putting over these AEW people, and I think, I guess it's the one good thing that came from the all-out media scrum and everything with CM Punk is that it, I think, shifted the importance to Tony Khan of all these WWE, former WWE people. Because it really did feel like that's all he was doing was just buying out these contracts for these former WWE people just to be like, oh, hey, we signed this guy. It was like that for a while. And a lot of these people have worked out to be some of the best talent AEW. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, you know, Claudio and Brian being a part of AEW hasn't changed it. Oh, yeah. But tell me it hasn't been for the good. It has been for the great. But what was really nice was exactly like you said, a, a lot of them lost. I mean, I, if if there's one line that I can say to make you want to watch this or understand how well that this all worked out for the AEW talent, John Moxley and Brian Danielson tapped last night. Yeah. Well, yeah, which is the same pay per view and. Samoa Joe passed out. Like you got to really think about the level of performers these guys are and how big AEW has made them look. Oh yeah, indestructible. You know, the, oh uh, Samoa Joe's are. been fucking bulletproof since he got there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and now at this point, you've got the only person that is that feels bulletproof is fucking MJF. I feel like we could just do a whole podcast on that. I know. I mean, it was an hour long. You, we literally talk about <laughs> move for move, and we'd still have so much more content. But so overall, the pay per view was great. But I want to know what was your personal favorite match of the entire night? Now everybody's going to be biased. Everybody's going to say, "Oh, I I thought the the trios tag match was the best because it has the elite." Oh, well, mm-hmm. I think John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page because I love Hangman. Or right, you know, everybody's going to be biased, and and so I guarantee somebody's going to have a problem with it. But who? What was your favorite match of the night? Which was which was the one that did it for you? As as Daddy Magic would put it, which one made your nipples hard? Which one made Daddy nipples Daddy Magic's Daddy nipples. nipples hard? Hands down. Don't even have to think about it. Brian Danielson versus MJF. I, I think every match from here on out is going to have a tough time contending with how great that match was. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. MJF had the pre performance. Of his career, it, it has proven. It has proven to anybody that had any doubt that if you thought of his wrestling capability, his storytelling, or his ability to perform in a ring is anything beyond or and below subpar, that this Last match has completely proven everybody wrong. Absolutely, this he has been able to talk the talk. He has been able to walk the walk. And he's been able to do it in the spotlight right. every time. And yes, yes, of course, he cheated. He cheats all the time. And it's so funny. I think that people are always so quick to jump on, oh, he cheats and that's the only way he wins. 
What have you been watching? Does everybody remember that wrestling is what a have you been watching? TV show? Like, but like, were there never heels in the promotion you've watched? I know. Are you new here? Like, I really am not trying to be rude, but that's that's what it's about. They're supposed to do that stuff. Jeff Jarrett is supposed I mean, to sneak and fun. hit you with the guitar. It wouldn't exactly. be any fun. Like, it what can't do you be want? clean. Like, it makes you, you mad. If you want clean every single time, you want strict, rigorous, mm-hmm. rule. Like Watch the Olympics. Watch the Olympics. Watch UFC. Wa- I mean, hell, go watch the stupid slap shit they got after AEW. Like, if you want no. strict. Wa- Please I'm just don't saying, watch that. It, don't watch it. But don't if you that. want strict rule, like you can or cannot do this. Go watch a professional sport that individuals are competing against one another in order because they believe that they are a a better individual in that sport. Right. Like, this is pro wrestling. This is not golf. You've got to take this with a grain of salt. Right. You've got to sit there. And now, you know, I'm sure somebody's going to be like, well, you said I don't like it when you did that. And, And that's exactly it. It's entertainment. If it wasn't the way it was, if they didn't have these niche little like, oh, he got the bra- he got the ring or, oh, he hit him with a chair when the ref wasn't looking exactly. and the ref turns around and he's gushing blood and the ref's like, oh, I don't know what happened. Like, no fucking shit. That's it's what makes it interesting. If it wasn't like that, this, you'd be like, this is the stupidest shit in the world. That guy got disqualified three seconds into it because his buddy came in and kicked the, kicked the guy right. in the nuts. Did anybody think the Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley match was entertaining at the last pay-per-view? No. Premium live event? No. No. Because no, he did the one low blow and yeah, it was over and we were like, that's example. it. That was it. It was what? I don't even know, like four minutes. It was horrible. So, you know, I think sometimes that's exactly it. Heels are meant to be heels. Heels are meant to do things that they you aren't supposed to to like. And I think that's what's so funny is people get so upset about things. But I laugh so hard when the guns retained. I oh laughed God, so, good. so hard because I was like, this is entertaining. I told you this is happen. so good. Like, I didn't think they were going to. I really didn't think they were going to. But it was just so funny because I, you enjoyed the entire ride. You know, like it was like watching an episode of, of a, your favorite TV show. And now Dan Housen has given their name back. He said, oh, he said they are the guns. He said he referred to him as they were the guns last night. Wow. Yep. The respect level. Yep. So we, uh, I don't know if we're not allowed to call them ass boys anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to stop calling them ass boys <laughs> until I get that t-shirt that Colin was wearing in that. That music their, video? Their music video. That was just tape? It was just tape. God <laughs> damn it. Okay, well. What about you? You didn't tell me. What well, was your I favorite was about to. God, I'm so Russian. Um, well, I was going to bring up that, although MJF and Brian Danielson was probably the match of the night without argument i think there's there's no other way to put it that an hour-long iron man match with an overtime i was gonna say it went even beyond that that's what i mean like w- without there is no argument that yeah. was the match of the oh night. yeah i went to a shutout for sure shootout well, sorry. i gotta <laughs> i gotta say and i'm i again a lot of bias in the in, the, in this this podcast but it was the, t- the trios tag match for the, for the trios title oh i loved it we actually had to go back and rewatch it because i missed a couple of spots we did. and like but I am. Wow. I'm glad I could rewind it today and, and watch it because there's so many spots. I was like, I, one more time. I know. Right. One more time. I don't, I, my brain didn't process that. Can you? I, I got to point so this good. out. So, yeah, the, the House of Black are your new trios tag title champions. That's a mouthful. Um, but I got to shout out Kenny Omega. And I'm not the biggest Kenny Omega fan. That doesn't mean I'm not a fan of Kenny Omega. I'm just not the wrestling fan that. 
has pictures of Kenny Omega in my fucking locker at school. I just, I don't know. I, he's, he's a great wrestler. I, I enjoy him when he's, when he's on, but it just, I don't know. He doesn't stroke. It doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Um, but I gotta give him credit. He lifted up Brody King. Like that dude was a bag of potatoes. Oh, for real? Like not even a breath. No. And it was quick. It was literally like he picked up something on his shoulders. Like, like it was an everyday item. He really is impressive. It's always, Oh, he is crazy he, to see how strong he is. He is. And I hate saying that because you're not, and I hate saying that, but I hate like acting like I don't like watching him. I do enjoy watching his work, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm a Will Osprey kind of guy. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just, Kenny Omega, <laughs> I guess I missed the Kenny Omega, like, hype train uh-huh. years ago. Like, when he came on, I, like, still to this day, when he comes out and he's referenced as the cleaner, when he was coming out with the women with the brooms, like, to me, it's still, like, what a fucking goofball. Oh, he is 100% a goofball. I think that's why I like him. Which is great. Like, I, I'm so glad that a, a, like he's doing his thing happily. I love happily that they're just, like, the guys that, like, play video games after their matches. For sure. And I, I, I don't know. It's just entertaining. It's really sure. funny. You know, you, you think of, like, the 90s WWE locker room and they're back there, like, snorting cocaine and, like, hookers and stuff are coming. Kenny taking Omega shots is down and, in creatine I mean, and pre-workout right? and then going to play Street Fighter Five <laughs> against Adam Cole for six hours on While Twitch. While they eat Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, talking about super kicks and fucking Nike Airs. <laughs> God, what a world we live in now. We went from cocaine and strippers to fucking Final or er, Final Fantasy and fucking Adidas. Right? God damn. When I we love were wrestling. kids, dor- you know, being a dork wasn't cool, but now it's like cool to be dorky. <laughs> when when we were kids, being a wrestler meant that it was going to be the end of your life. Oh well. Yeah, now that's nowadays, a being a wrestler just means you it's the beginning of your social media career. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this match, like, I'm, I'm a huge Brody King fan. Uh, I come from the, the punk rock hardcore scene. So, uh, you know, Brody King, Andy Williams, they like are the two dudes that I really, and plus they're just big dudes. Oh yeah. I've, 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 I need to make a t-shirt that involves big meaty men, but I love big meaty men in wrestling. I love dudes that throw people around and hurt people and, and bang shit and fucking break shit. And I'm telling you right now in $198. $198. That's how much one of these goddamn announcer tables that they break. I'm going to start keeping a tally. Bulk, I'm going to start but... keeping a tally. When next AEW Revolution comes around, I'm going to have the full total of how many tables they have broken and how much it's cost for the entire year. Well, I can tell you what, right now, it was worth the $200 for that elbow drop that MJF gave Brian Danielson through that Amazing. one table. Amazing. Amazing. Dude didn't skip a beat. At Revolution. No. I'm just going to throw this out there because it's just what I feel, but it felt to me, sorry, fourth wall, breaking you down, it felt to me like maybe MJF had trained with Brian? Probably. He was like pulling off some stuff that he had like never, there was no no card for that, you know? Right. He'd never pulled off some moves. He did like a a second rope backflip out of the ring. To Brian at one point, like there was just a lot of things I've never seen MJF do, but just the way that he well, was I mean, like hour long technically match. doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, it seemed like maybe him and Brian had kind of like gone over some some stuff to do in the match. It was so well produced, but not overly produced. I know that's like a weird way to describe the match, but so where do you think this leaves after a match like that? Where do you think this leaves MJF to go from here? Like, who's MJF's next big opponent? I would honestly say I didn't know I didn't know if him and Adam Cole 
weren't going back and forth on Twitter so much, especially with Britt Baker kind of chiming in. And Adam they Cole. They keep not referring to who Adam Cole's opponent is going to be on that Dynamite when he comes back. So I, I think feel it's like, on the 29th. Yeah, something but like I, that. But I, I doubt it's MJF. I doubt he's going to come back for a... That's a, that's a pay-per-view match. What, two of them? For the championship? Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't mean like a championship match. I just right. meant like just in general, like, oh, I'm coming for you kind of thing. Right. He can kind of establish that, work his way up, and then somehow he kind of calls out MJF for the championship. Gotcha. And that's okay. where he's okay. kind of going. Because he said he has a plan, but hasn't really said anything. So I think that's kind right. of what's going to happen. But if you would have said that before Revolution, you would have been like, oh, well, then that's so obvious right. that MJF is going to retain. Right. So. Personally, that's what I'm thinking. That's what that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking they're going, especially with all the hype of him coming back. And I mean, Adam Cole was on fire when he left, and I'm mm-hmm. sure he's going to be just as hot when he comes back. I mean, already is. Every time he walks yeah. out there, the crowd goes absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Shit. His well, entrance alone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, with that being said, uh, who do you think's up next for House of Black? Now that the Elite, my, I mean, I could see them might get a, a rematch because you know that's just how. You know these, te- you know these championships usually are. Although AEW is not one to kind of use that moniker to where it's like, oh, you get your guaranteed rematch clause. Yeah, they don't um, always do that, which is nice because how many times do you want to see the same match? Right, and we've got you know Death Triangles kind of on the uh, hasn't been around for a while. We just saw Penta and Ray come back uh, on the pre-show. Right, not Pac though. Not Pac. Haven't heard anything about him. Um, where do you think this leaves the House of Black? I mean, they've said that they're pretty much going to uproot. AEW from the ground up and that's then then kind of their whole mission so I mean this is just the beginning I'm assuming so where do we go from here um I mean a lot of different tag teams come to mind I guess the nice thing about factions is you can take you know insert these three people from that faction but right um the one that I think that would be really entertaining sure you got to say I'm a little bit biased in saying so but Dark Order okay okay they've, they've changed up their music they had evil uno fight john moxley in a great match john silver and alex reynolds have been fighting pretty frequently um it would be fun i mean they they have like a good high energy obviously alex reynolds and john silver are a great tag team they've been working together for years and they've been teaming with evil evil uno ever since uh Mm -hmm. dark order has been a thing it has like a dark presence no pun intended to it so right yeah, I feel like that would be a really fun. Yeah, you could play off. You could play off of that aspect of you know one dark menacing trio mm-hmm. against another dark menacing trio. Plus, they're both like kind of like you know join the House of Black, join the Dark Order kind of thing. It would be like well, we do also have there was that little like storyline with Ortiz for a little bit that like kind of planted a seed, and I feel like it was just a breakup. Tito or Tito? I don't know why I say Tito every time I think of Ortiz. <laughs> um, Wrong Ortiz. It's the wrong it's Tito Ortiz from fucking the UFC. Yeah, I don't know why he's he's he lives right in Fury's head. <laughs> um, but they had that little spat between him and Eddie, so now they're on the outs. Now, right. You know, uh, Eddie quit. Yeah, he quit. <laughs> he quit. Uh, Tony he Khan said to he's talked rivalry. to Eddie, and he said just just watch. He said just watch ROH and NJPW. You never know who's gonna pop up somewhere. Yeah, which is perfect. So make sure you watch ROH Thursdays. At yeah. 7 p.m. on uh, Ring of Honor, uh, Club Honor of Club. Honor, Honor Club, whatever. Honor Club. There you go. You know, t- he said, keep um, typing until you find something. Okay, well, I, I don't really, I, I, again, I don't really try to get too much into the numbers with uh, wrestling because I just enjoy wrestling for wrestling. But um, he did come out of the media scrum and state that there was, I believe, 12,000 people who subscribed to the Honor Club 
and I ran the numbers. I think it's what eight ninety nine for the Honor Club, or is it, no, it's seven ninety nine. I thought it was nine ninety nine. I don't know. Okay, let's say it's ten bucks. But even then, it's a hundred. It's a like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. That you get a month. So he just basically reinstated a Ring of Honor, and is getting the money that he got at AEW Revolution for the ticket sales. He basically just gets an, a, a free pay per view event every month. Right, now, just in that. Just in uh, Honor Club. Yeah. And, and you, I can understand why people are a little bit upset about it, because you do have to pay that extra money. Oh, but you're supporting... You, what do you, where do you think these people get paid Ring from? Of Honor. I mean, yeah. It's like we talked about in the last podcast, you know, buy the t-shirt, support the cause. You think Daddy Khan pays these guys out of pocket because he thinks he, you know... He probably did not, for a while. That nice? I mean, yeah, I'm sure. You Honest to take God, he probably did for a while. They probably, yeah, they probably took a loss for at least a year or two. And I'm sure they still are, but... Christ, they got the money for With it. the deals and stuff now, but hopefully it'll work out that we, they can get a, a TV deal so that Ring of Honor can be available to more people that, you know, obviously don't want to spend the money or can't afford to. Right. But you just got to remember that this is how they have to start out. At least we're getting the content and the content is there. Uh, the camera uh, quality is absolutely there. Yeah. It matches the, the opponents. Um, unfortunately, Aussie Open, I think, went back home. I just saw something about, you know, we loved our... Uh, time in the united states which is oh really i was really a bummer, which is kind of cool because we were able to see them before they actually went back yeah home. that was cool yeah that, that was neat spoilers so, for roh but you still. never know like who's going to be in these all of these promotions so it's it's when, subscribe you know going back to the house of black match yeah uh one thing i did notice uh when i believe it was brody king and kenny omega were exchanging blows there, you know the the classic wrestling yay boo chant. One guy hits yay, one yeah. guy hits boo. They were booing the elite. I noticed they were booing the elite. They which were is booing the elite. I mean, because uh, re- they were in California, which is where yep. uh, the Young Bucks are from. And I mean, they're always fan favorites. Uh huh. But man, people were really behind the House of Black. Well, they had a really good in- entrance. Julia Hart. Wow. Uh, you were actually telling me that Brody King. Uh, picked out like all her clothing and everything for yeah. the pay per view. Yeah, she looked great. Uh, the whole well, they all did. The intro aesthetic was amazing. We, gave me chills. I, I'll call you. Called me out, so I'm gonna call you out. You told me that I, I didn't realize that Brody King's wife is a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. So I think it, she probably did the makeup. Oh, I'm for sure. It. I'm sure their makeup was on point. Oh, it looked good. It just ooh, it was like one of those things that like you get like this premonition, and the second they walked out, I was like, it is happening. Oh yeah, with the it was entrance. In the air. You know, it's like um, when the Lucha Bros faced uh, the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks and, and the they, Oh my God! I, that will go down maybe as my favorite match I've ever watched. I just absolutely that's love something that we need match. to do. We need to sit down and do a do a God. live a live podcast and rewatch oh. that match. And we have we watched it a couple times and it ages well. It is still it's still one of the such best a great match. Ever put but on. when eight, when the Lucha Bros came out and they had that really good entrance and all that extra pizzazz mm-hmm. to it, is the same thing. You're like. Oh, so good happening they're winning it they're winning it and that's how it felt with house of black they're like wow they put all this extra time and effort into the entrance yeah and then the three of them with the silhouettes behind julia before they walked out as they walked up oh oh, i had chills if you haven't watched it if you haven't if you haven't been able to get the pay-per-view i'm sure you can find somebody i wish i could let you borrow our our login but that would be chaotic as hell so good it it was (laughs) one of their best matches as the house of black and with the momentum they've got behind them I honestly, like, I asked you that question of who you think they'd be facing next, like, or or rivaling against. I honestly don't have an idea because I just, 
I can't think of a team that could even oppose those three guys yeah. as competitors, let alone kayfabe behind fourth wall. Uh, like, maybe if the embassy weren't in ROH. Oh my God. I didn't even think about the embassy. Give me the embassy <laughs> versus the house of black. I, I mean, that is, door. that is one, that is one wiener from falling out from me being uh, <laughs> watching gay porn, but I don't, I don't care. Like get me some meat on meat. Yeah. Brody King slapping up on fucking con. Like, know, let's right? fucking go. <laughs> let's fucking go. Big man meat. I'm telling you. Well, you know, we keep talking about big meaty men and we keep saying something about Brody, but buddy, you didn't have to like work out that hard, dude. He's not as big, but man, is he meaty. He is so wide, Ooh. but like, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, shout out to Buddy, who, in shout my out to Rhea. opinion, wow, I don't know how you guys tame each other. It must get kinky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> woo! Um, shout out to Buddy, who, in my opinion, was MVP of the night when he reversed oh that melter that driver knee. with the knee. Oh. oh, I don't remember. Was it Nick that got nailed in the face? Oh, my God. That poor man. Ouch. His yeah, teeth it was are Nick. still rattling. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. It was vicious. Uh, other other spot of the night that I really would like to <laughs> talk about how great Kenny Omega is. Another spot I like to talk about is oh, when no, I know what you're um, about. Malachi Black, you know, kind of backed up at one point up into the ropes. Julie Hart was behind him. He's classic, classic female manager, whoop, and he he bends over. You know, he bends down, and Kenny Omega goes to hit the V trigger on malachi and he ends up hitting it on julia and julia Nails falls her. to the ground and she sells it super hard and she's out and kenny omega looks over and he goes eh. kind of shrugs and shrugs goes it off. whatever <laughs> love it love it it's it was i don't know i don't think it was match of the night in performance wise but personally it was my favorite it was definitely a feel-good moment oh yeah it was a feel-good moment because for so Felt long like the home team hit a, hit you know for hit real one. for so long there was just Everybody, uh, Twitter warriors were saying that Malachi Black and uh, Buddy Murphy were gone. They were leaving. Oh, they were gone. They're back. They're going to WWE. You know, their wives and girlfriends or whatever are over in the different company and they're leaving. And, you know, when in all reality, they both said they just needed some mental health time. And now they've come back better than ever. Oh, yeah. Uh, Malachi kicks so fucking high. I don't even know how he manages to pull that off without, like, pulling a hammy. At least I would. Uh just, I don't know. It was such a good feel-good moment it for was. all three of them, it like was. you said. So, you brought up going to WWE and blah, blah, blah. And I think the surprise of the night, the biggest, because you and I talked about it before Revolution started, what was going to be the big, like, oh, my God, this person debuted. You yeah. and I kind of threw the idea probably Mercedes Bonet. It, when, when it push came to shove, I thought if anybody, that was going to be who comes out and everybody's like, what? Um, none of that happened. Nobody knew debuted. Surprising. Surprisingly. But I got to tell you, probably one of the biggest pops of the night is after the, the four-way tag match when the guns won. People are just, crying about it. And they are just talking <laughs> shit and they bring up FTR and lo and behold, that sweet angelic music, FTR walks back through. And, and uh, the reason I bring that up is he, uh, Dax was recently tweeting out about things in, in, on his, for his new podcast, and there, on the side there was a paper that looked awfully like a, a document that had a WWE logo on it. But it seems like, at least for 
until the end of April, which I believe is when their contracts are up, FTR's back. To put over the guns before they leave for WWE? I mean, could be. Their contracts are supposedly up in April, and they've entertained the idea of going elsewhere, so who the, knows? The biggest thing that convinces me that they are going to WWE right. is... The there picture was, of the WWE document next to the tequila bottle? Even beyond that <laughs> is there was a wrestling... Like a like an award ceremony or something where they say like the oh, best like the booker top of the year. Or, okay. Yeah, one of the websites that does it that just did one recently. Right. A lot of AEW wrestlers and obviously Tony Khan got Booker of the Year for that one. Oh God, he got so much heat for that. <laughs> it's like what three years in a row that he's gotten that. Yeah, something which like is that. apparently this is one like people vote on, so it's not like they just said it. It's like an award thing, right, like, Where right. you like vote and everything. Um, but Dax and Cash got the award for the best tag team match, yep, which was the against the Briscoes. And AEW, the social media team, reposted multiple times that all the AEW wrestlers and Tony Khan that mm. won, but never said anything about FTR really? winning. They acknowledged the Briscoes got one, but they never said anything about FTR. And Dax actually retweeted it and said, Tell me it's almost April without telling me it's almost April. Right. I mean, yeah, it it kind of seems like they're on the outs. I'm, or maybe, I could, maybe it's just a heel turn. I mean, I but I could see you know? I could see them going to WWE. Dax has already said that you know this is like the last part of uh, FTR as a tag team and possibly as him as a wrestler. I mean, you can't um, blame them for if they want to get the last paycheck. Yeah, know? no, I don't blame them at all. But I I feel like I don't know. Like I feel like he's. It, <sighs> I just feel like lately wrestlers get a bigger head than I feel like they need to. And I'm yeah, not saying that. Yeah. And this is this is a guy who goes to a nine to five and doesn't do wrestling and travel all yeah. over the world. So I, I Bobby what, Fish comes to mind. Whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but I, I feel like that there's. The idea of you had an amazing couple of years. And you're winding your career down. I don't know. I just, I, it, it feels kind of, it feels like they're not satisfied with how their career has fully gone. And now that they're getting the accolades, they feel like they should have been getting for all these years that they feel like they deserve more than what they should. But it's, again, this right. is just me being an outsider and I sit in my house and I don't know anything about these guys' lives and I don't know anything about them personally. So I'm sure if they heard it, they'd fucking give it a cross eyed at me, get all pissy, but I, it is what it is. I, I just feel like, you know, the legacy is there, but I feel like it's the beginning of a legacy, not this is FTR made the this. The ending of a legacy. Yeah, I don't yeah. feel like FTR made this humongous agree. impression on on wrestling as a whole. Like, I think they did, like, the past five years, they've been an amazing tag right. team. And I'm not saying that they're not an, anything short of amazing. No, it's just odd that they would leave the place that has given them the most recognition. And if they're and not the getting biggest, what, they, what they need there, then that's yeah, a whole different and thing. and the biggest but. platform. But, you know, I don't know the situation. I don't know their contracts. I don't know what it's like to work for Tony Khan, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega. I don't know what these things are like, the politics and everything. And, and But not, it's I'm, just, yeah, I just find it odd. If this is the place that's helped you build your career, why wouldn't you just stick with what you have right there, end it there? I mean, they let... 
FTR go to AAA, uh, NJPW, yep. all these different They had their, their, their most prolific year in 2022. So with, why end it, wrap it all up, and go to WWE? I don't know. Almost like, a, almost like AEW didn't treat them well the entire time they were there. Maybe yeah. they didn't. I don't, I don't know. know. But at the same time, I feel you got three different belts. Mm-hmm. You traveled the world. Right. You got over more than probably any other tag team in the past couple of years. Right. You Dax went had some of the best one. matches last year. Oh my god, the them and the Briscoes had some of the best tag matches of but the even past just twenty Dax years. Dax and like, Cash had great, oh yeah, singles matches. And they've got such a good following. I feel like it's just weird that they're acting like they're on the their fortieth year and 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 this is their last heyday. And I, I don't know, yeah. maybe it's just maybe maybe he is gonna retire after a stint in eight, or in uh, WWE, and then we'll never see him in a wrestling ring again because. You know, whatever, like it is what it is. That's what he does. But I, I just, it, it feels like they're leaving AEW mad, and I don't understand why. Yeah. And, and I, again, I, we don't know what happened. Of course, I know Dax came out and said that something happened with him and the Young Bucks, but that he acknowledged the fact that he messed up mm-hmm. and apologized for it. Yep. He misunderstood. I think something that one of the Young Bucks had said to him, or I don't know the logistics yeah. of it. Like, like what most arguments are, but somebody misunderstood yeah. something. He came out and apologized and was like, that was actually my bad, you know, and I, I think that's cool, but I don't know. Odd. I guess we'll have to just kind of wait and see what happened, but. I mean, either way, glad to see him back, a, even if it's for the last two months of their career. Yeah, maybe contract. it's just an MJF thing and we're leaving. And maybe they'll roll, maybe it'll turn, roll into you know? a forbidden door. You never know. I Not mean, if they're yeah. going to WWE. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Um, Another kind of a unexpected, expected event. Uh, what did you think of Ruby Soho turning heel after her loss at the tr- the triple tag match or the triple match uh, the trios <laughs> match? Oh my God, the triple threat match there for the go. AEW Women's Championship. We got there. It's all that matters between Jamie Hader, Ruby Soho, and I'm blanking on the Soraya. Soraya, thank you. <laughs> We're a podcast. I thought, uh, what took you so long? I don't know if it's again just the growing up was like, uh, the she labels herself like an outsider and you right. know a rebel. Uh, yeah a rebel and when you grow up listening to rancid and you know you kind of look up to people like ruby so i don't know i guess i always kind of looked at her and was like why is she being like the nice person and then she seems like genuinely a super nice person oh yeah but she always it always seemed like why is she the she comes off candy ass she shouldn't hell. be Mm-mm, no i think this is gonna be good for her i don't i don't know i think so too I'm still not 100% sold on this, like, Outsiders versus Originals yet. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm, I wish she would have turned heel before the match was over, though. Yeah. I wish they would have kind of tied that into the match. Yes. Instead of making it an afterthought. Because as soon as she uh, betrayed Jamie Hayter and hit her, I, my first thought was, is Thunder Rosa going to come out? Yeah. You know, is somebody yeah. else going to add to it? But, no, they just... Kind of ended it there, and it was it was a good match. It felt They're like a fizzle something though. With the women's, you know, division, they're trying to like, kind they're of intertwine all of the women's division right now, just to keep kind of everybody relevant over there. Um, which you can't really complain. Everybody's getting some TV time, but um, yeah, I don't what know ha- what happened to Sheeta. Um, or, or, I don't know. Shido, Hikaru Shida. Yeah, Shida. There we go. Um, I I think Hikaru Shida actually like fights in like different promotions. And stuff no, too. I know that. Well, yeah, she's in um. She's the NJPW women's something. Cha- oh, my God. They just debuted it. I can't remember it. 
Um, but yeah, I, I know I know that. But I feel like she was a part of the storyline for a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and they just shit on her every every week, and then she just stopped showing up. I don't know. Maybe don't... just to pull her back away from that particular storyline, so they can do something else. I hope so. I love, I'm not I really sure. Love her wrestling. I, I I'm just looking forward to what they're gonna do with Jade because they haven't done anything with her yes. in a little bit either. I think the same thing. Well, Let's they did say pull that... her off and. Uh, give her some time to bit not build. I mean, she's doing obviously she doesn't need to build anymore, right. but work with Brian, you know, get some more moves down and then come back and have an opponent that well, she's probably going to lose to. They did say that the reason why that uh, there was no uh, TBS championship defended was because of time constraints, because of the hour long. I think match. that was good. I oh, think yeah, they no, did no, it, I, enough matches. I think they had enough. Right, right. Um, all right. Well, I guess final point of uh, the pay per view. I mean, there's a lot to unpack. If you, if uh, we could be, we literally could sit here. It was a four hour pay per view, but we could sit here for twice that and talk about well, it. Well, actually, I have one question for Uh-oh. you when you are finished. Okay. No, I'll let you do it surprise, first. Surprise, surprise. Oh, you're going to. Uh, okay. All right. My question for you is what was your favorite spot of the night? My favorite spot of the night? And I know that's tough because there's just so many monumental. Honestly, uh, moments. Um, the I feel like, oh man, you talking like spot, like biggest spot, like just your, oh, your personal, man. like wow. And if you wanna, if you wanna think about it and pass it off to me, I have an, I have. I'm gonna let you. I'm, my I'm, personal... a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double it and pass it to the next person. Okay, I, I don't I gotta, wanna. I'm a, I, oh, man, you. Hit I didn't want to sway one. you Jeez. by telling you what what I thought. I think I know which one you're gonna say. My my definite replay moment of the night was that top rope tombstone by MJF. Okay, that was not the way I thought you were going. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I also have to give credit to everybody involved watching Brian tuck his head, and they actually like performed that in a way that there was no way Brian got hurt. Right, but they still did the amazing spot, and they pulled it off perfectly. Loved it. That was absolutely my favorite moment. I gotta, I I gotta. That was a good one. That really was a. One of those, like, he got up to the top and you were like, no fucking I know, way. right? You're like, no, no. Because <laughs> they'll yup. tease. You know, you, sometimes you get moments like that where they're like, you're going to go to the top rope. Yeah, and they they'll, tease have, him, and they'll they have somebody in a powerbomb position, but their legs aren't right, so they can't get the, the actual, you know, and they're, they, yeah. they would kill them. Um, if you're going to talk about favorite spot, the, the one that, like, made my jaw hit the floor, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it's probably, it's probably, honestly, the weakest match on the, on the card, and I don't, I say that lightly. Um, yeah, there was no weak match. There was no weak match, but I feel like the one with the least amount of momentum wa- uh, was Jack Perry versus Christian Cage. Okay. And the spot, what I'm talking about, number one, I have to, I'm calling it out. I don't know what fucking engineer designed the casket that he got put in, <laughs> but they had, it was like pneumatic <laughs> instantly. He must have vomited in that thing when he got dropped in there. That wasn't the moment. That one made me just laugh because yep. I couldn't believe how how it was so quick violent, and violent. Yeah, just like psh, and then, <laughs> holy Christ! But right before that, it was when uh, Jack Perry hit oh. Christian with that concerto. It wasn't a concerto; it's like a modified concerto where you know, and he's on the ground. Oh, he blasted I, him! Absolutely, I absolutely blasted him. I thought Beth Phoenix got it bad. No, uh, Beth Phoenix got daycare <laughs> compared to what that shit was. He broke the top half of the chair on that it swing. It, it was, and I, he did it right, obviously, because we haven't heard anything about Christian's brain leaking out of the <laughs> yeah. back of his head. 
Um, so if, I'm assuming all parties are safe. Yeah, thank God. I was just the 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 violence that 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 took uh-huh. was just like damn. And you and you had brought it up last this, a couple of days ago on our last episode of burying the Jungle Boy moniker. Yeah, and I think with that hit, he didn't bury it. He fucking whack a mold that bitch straight I know. to hell. And the camera went right to him and he covered up his face because oh, he was he like, looked, he oh, looked unhappy. Shit. He looked very unhappy <laughs> with himself. Uh, but that, that was, was a great spot. that was the one that like it, it made me sit up off the couch like, holy shit. I was I, I mean, obviously I knew it was going to happen. Uh-huh. He had to you know, raise it up. Full... It has been like the calling card of this whole rivalry. Right. It was but full yet, blast. Full fucking everything he had into that. And I'm sure they had a conversation prior to this match and said, listen, we're gonna end this rivalry tonight. Yep. This is gonna be our fucking oh, our yeah. peak of our of our Chris rivalry. She's not afraid to do that, you know. Like, hit me. Yep. Fucking cave my head. You in. have to. You got to make it and look this real. Is another, and it was real. And this is another amazing example of a tried and true veteran putting over an up and coming star that is already he's exactly. considered a pillar of a, of AEW. Exactly. I mean, absolutely. We're talking about Jack Perry Phenomenal. Now. Phenomenal. Uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter at CAW Wrestling Pod, I actually tweeted at one point and and i zoomed in for you just in case you missed it there was a great just at the ending of the match between uh john moxley and hangman adam page somebody had got a picture of the barbed wire in the ring and there was a legitimate clump of hangman adam page's hair in the barbed wire and that spot with john moxley and the fork and his blood was shooting all over John Moxley's face. I don't care what you say. If you think I'm a piece of shit for being entertained by that, I loved it. Oh, yeah. Again, oh, sorry, nighttime tea. Um, that was my alarm for that. My bad. He full bore gave it to him too. John Moxley did not hold back. He oh, literally no. stabbed, new jacked him. He stabbed <laughs> the absolute shit out of him. And he did. He, was he absolutely destroyed. Pouring, him. pouring blood that's another so one i need to go back and rewatch hangman won that he totally totally deserved that i think one. john's gonna need about 12 weeks off compared to that six weeks he was about, to take off like nine months ago what about mjf he was sprouting those devil horns mjf's got a long road ahead of him yeah, got, he's gonna I, he's, need at least a i have a feeling mjf's gonna have that title for a good little bit uh whether adam cole is his next rival or not i don't think he's that's, I think that belt's going to be around him for the, for at least until late 2020. He deserves it. And 100%. kudos to Brian for putting that dude over a million times over. 100%. All right, so final question before we end this podcast. Right. It's already gone way too long. Figured, I figured this was going to be like a 30-minute one. We're already at like never 47 minutes. It's never that, that short. Um, obviously, Wardlow ended up beating Samoa Joe by making him pass out. Which Yeah, what a surprise. Absolutely kudos. wonderful. Absolutely loved the ending of that match. And I'm one that's very critical about people passing out because I think it's overused sometimes. That was well done and purposeful and put Wardlow over. And boy, did he need that. Not that he can't perform. Right. But he needed that push. But now his next opponent is Willie Hobbs. I'm sorry. And Man, that's coming that up on shirt Dynamite. he was wearing on Revolution, he wears it all the time. Um, I think I'm going to have to pick that up. That might be my next shirt. Oh, yeah. Well, we just Sick. missed our window. That was 20% off over the weekend. Yeah. Give, give it two weeks. So you got... Will Hobbs taking yes. on Wardlow? Talk about big meaty men again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, Will Hobbs like said he's gonna time. make it's gonna be he's gonna be the the shortest reign in the TNT three days. title. Three days. I mean, these two faced off, uh, uh, you know, together in 
uh, the ladder match at Revolution. Yep. Not that they were together in a team, but actually Samoa Joe was in that one. That was a big meaty men. That was uh, a really big meaty match, match too. Match. I didn't think that many big meaty men could go up a ladder and not hurt themselves. Well, he severely. could hardly go Although, up the match or go up the ladder for that. I sure it was Joe that was in it. I know I Keith know. Lee was in it. I mean, Keith it was Lee Keith Lee. Decimated right. Orange right. Cassidy. I get my. I don't know. Big meaty men. I'm. <laughs> I'm a meatist. They all. They're all the same to me. So, uh, what's your question? Who do I think's gonna Who do you think's win, gonna win on Dynamite? Yeah. Um, I mean, mm, regardless, of- I don't think that's a good idea to take the strap off Wardlow after three days. No, but and again, I know it's not a popular opinion. I like that the TNT Championship will be, you know, on this person one day, and literally by the end of the week on somebody else. It makes it so you have to watch the matches and you have think, to be yeah. invested into the rivalries, and it's it's not as bad as the twenty four seven championship. But it gives you that perspective of, you know, nobody's going to hold this thing for like two years. Right. You know, maybe it will be a three-day reign. I think that would be awesome. But no, nah, I'm going to have to go with Wardlow on this one. What about you? Who do you think is going to win here? Honestly, I think, it's, I think Wardlow's going to retain. I, I think, I, I do, I agree with you. I do like the idea that the title is not a permanent home. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't sit on somebody for 900 days. But I don't think, I think doing that, you would... You'd put over Hobbs in the worst way. Exactly. Would, By taking away from Wardlow. It, it, would, it would be like, the best way I can put it is if you ever played a game and you knew the cheats from the beginning of the game, you used them right off rip to get all the guns and all the keys and all the everything, and it just it drains the fun out of the, uh, out of the adventure from, exactly. from point A to point B. And I think Will Hobbs is on a great point A, maybe a point B, but he's got a long way until he gets to championship, like putting it into his hand. I just, mm-hmm. I don't think, th- I think this is a good place to set a foundation to put I, I think you can put Will Hobbs over really good in this match because Wardlow is a very formidable opponent right both are massively strong but yeah if you're if you're gonna look at if you had no idea what these guys were capable of between the two of them and you were just looking at them at face value 100% I'd go with Will Hobbs yeah I, like no doubt yeah um so I think this is gonna be a great opponent for Wardlow and I think it's going to be a great way to set up something later on of like, oh, you remember when I, I beat your ass, you know, right after I got my belt? It's going to set something up and create a bigger, bigger, sure. better story. A new long-term rival for Wardlow, yeah. possibly. Yeah, and especially, again, <laughs> one that's not an unbelievable opponent. It's not like, not that Darby Allen's not an unbelievable opponent, but... It doesn't seem fair from like a visual perspective. I guess, yeah, Darby Allen's actually this a does? bad example, but you know what I mean? Like, uh... uh Visually speaking, Brian Pillman. You put yeah. Brian Pillman in a, in a rivalry with Wardlow. Yeah, there's no way I'm going like to buy It's like Brian Pillman versus Brian Cage. It's like, oh, you're not going to stand a chance right. here. Right. At least this, you, these two guys sit in the ring. Like this is a pay per view match. Absolutely. You know, and I don't think to, I don't think Wednesday's going to be a pay per view match. I think it's going to be a good match between the two of them. And like I said, it's going to set something up later on, whether it's at Forbidden Door. I think Forbidden Door is the next pay per view, right? Uh, that's not until June, so I don't know. That seems like a pretty long time, but. Actually, know. they just announced it. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. Actually, uh, Double or Nothing is going to be in Las Vegas. That's right. I and actually I have it on my notes. I believe it's at the end of April. Yes. Well, actually, not that far away. No. We have that beforehand. So in all reality, we really are building for the next pay-per-view. But even before uh, that, we got WrestleMania, which is going to be a two-day event. I don't know if I'm going to have the capability of podcasting that. much. That's a lot. It's too much. That's way too much. And how can you sit there and say, oh, Revolution's too long and WrestleMania's two Two days. Two fucking days. And and, um, um, 
I know I'm I'm a little bit biased here, but I think the the matches were better for Revolution than some of these Re- WrestleMania matches. I don't know. I, I'm not really super excited. You're not excited for so Brock far. and Omos. I can't believe Brock said he didn't want to fight Bray Wyatt. That's yeah. I'm telling Poor you, Bray. we could we could podcast every every week or every week every day in the week just on. The BS that happens on on Twitter and it's absolutely crazy. Oh, it's so good. I don't know if you happen to see because <laughs> so you were. I know Monday's a hard day for you as far as work goes, but I was uh, a sleepy boy this morning. Completely random thing here, real quick. We're just talking about Twitter. I happened to see a video this morning, and it was basically like a parody interview video, right? Of Mick Foley trying out for the Judgment Day. Oh God! So he was just like, you know, here's. Uh, my capabilities and my strengths and this is what I can bring to the judgment day and was talking about being a former champion you know he got thrown um, through the steel cage <laughs> you know wrestled with Terry Funk you know I don't all know if these I'd different want him things. On, on my team I it feel like I'd get was hurt absolutely hysterical and he was like yeah you know I've done hard time and the longer the video went on the more teardrops that Mick Foley had on his face so at one point there was like 20 teardrops like on his cheek and they started putting them on his forehead. Oh my it God. It was so. Was it animated? No. It, it they was... were like just drawing it with like marker. It was just like oh my a, God. a parody. <laughs> it was well shot. It was well produced. Mick sold it so well. Like it oh, wasn't. Oh, it was him. Oh, it, it was, was 1,000%. Oh, okay. It was 1,000% the Mick Foley just randomly the shot. The one and only. You know, like Judgment Day needs to hire me. You know, I'm I may not have done hard time like Dominic and I may not have the dark presence like um, Damien Priest and I may not have the abs like Finn Balor and I may not have the strength like Rhea Ripley, but I'm a three time WWF world champion. And he was just like selling himself. And like I said, the longer the video went on, he had like these fake teardrops all over his face. Go on Twitter. It was absolutely Absolutely hysterical. We'll watch it when this is finished. Yeah, we'll have to. Um, yeah, but, I don't know. WWE doesn't a lot going for me, so I think anything Judgment Day and anything like that is absolutely hysterical. But WrestleMania is coming up, so yep. uh, you never know what uh, Triple Eight <clears throat> Vince is going to pull out of his arsenal. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap up our AEW Revolution episode for 2023. Uh, a lot of bloodshed, a lot of really good matches. If you haven't seen it yet, go back and watch it by the pay-per-view. It's worth the, what, forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, you, you get, get to, five friends, $10 a piece. It's worth every minute. You get to watch it over and over again. And I, I know for a fact there's like two or three matches that I want to go back and rewatch because either I missed parts. Because we watched that trios match and we were watching and both of us were still like, I don't remember that. <laughs> Sometimes you get a little bit tired. So go back, watch it if you haven't already. It, it deserves it's, it. It's deserves time. amazing. Uh, but thank you for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at CAW Wrestling Pod, where we try to do our best to tweet uh, every week during Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, Rampage, and JPW, ROH. I mean, they're, GCW, we're going to be there in a couple months. Yeah, you never know. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. I'm at a bacon party. I am at Gunk Dudley. And make sure you leave us a five-star review on whether it's Spotify I keep wanting to say iTunes. That's not right. Apple um, Music. But that gets us out there and show, and you know, it, it spreads awareness about us and gets the word out for us and makes it better for you. So if you could do that, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will catch you in the next episode.